Hey church family, I'm here to show you guys today how you can share our church content on social media platforms. The first is Facebook. All you gotta do is go and find the post you'd like to share. You hit the share button. There's a little spot you can say something about the post or you can just post it and all you have to do is hit the post button. The next is Instagram, which is my personal favorite. All you have to do is go to the post and there's a little paper airplane button below and you hit add this post to your story. And the last one I have is Twitter. All you have to do is go to the tweet, hit the little arrows, and press the retweet button. And it's that easy. Every time you share, it reaches a whole nother group of people that our page wouldn't reach on its own. And this is just another way you can spread the gospel at your fingertips every day. engineer Larry and we have some volunteer opportunities that we would love to tell you about. Yes, what we're looking for is some people with some technical ability that also have an ear for both sound and music. If that's you, you can go out to the Welcome Center, get an application, fill it out and turn that in and then we can get back with you. Absolutely. So just fill out that application. If you want to be a part of our team, there's many places that you can serve and it ranges from beginner to expert. So please just fill out application. We'd love to contact you and be a part of the worship team. Hi, I really believe this is Eric. I just want to give you a quick update what's going on in your church. We've been doing outreaches all summer long. We've had the privilege of blessing Agape Ministries in Sydney, Ohio with five truckloads of food. They were amazed. They were just blessed by it. That's what we're doing to make a difference in our, in our communities. 
We also had the chance of blessing the Salvation Army with several school supplies for needy children. And we're talking about kids that don't have backpacks, they don't have school supplies like pens and pencils and papers. We were able to bless them with lots of those supplies. And last but not least, you've seen Dave Hewitt more than once. Uh, get to share some updates about the Sydney Farmer's Market, what we're doing with our hot dog cart, with our clothing distribution, giving bottles of water away. We've had the chance of giving over a thousand hot dogs away over the last several weeks to needy families, to people that are just walking by. We're planting seeds of righteousness with these people and we're making a difference. We're getting a chance to pray with many people. Some are receiving Christ as their savior. But I just wanna encourage the church, we are doing all we can to make a difference because we are rescuers. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your prayers. If you'd like to be a part of the Sydney Farmer's Market, the hot dog distribution, the water distribution that we do on a regular basis, you can go to the Welcome Center and sign up or see Dave Hewitt. Thanks again for what you're doing. Thank you for all your, all your support. We're making a difference for the kingdom. God bless you. family of faith. Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everyone this morning? Ooh, a little sleepy. Okay, let's do it again. How's everyone this morning? Hey, we are here in church and we are so happy to have you. Now, you guys might not know this, but today you guys are a part of something. Everyone in this sanctuary right now. You guys are a part of the welcoming committee because we are going to welcome all the live streamers out there. See, live stream is a big part of who we are. There are people out there that all they can do is live stream, and it's very important. So we are on the count of three. We are going to say welcome as loud as we can, and hopefully all of you live streamers hear us, okay? So welcoming committee, are you ready? Okay, here we go. One, two, three. See, welcome, live streamers. We're so glad to have you. Okay, I just got a few things for you real quick. Uh, prayer and praise in August will be ending this week. Don't forget there is a day of prayer, there is a day of fasting, and a day of praise. And there are specific things that we're praying for and believing God for. Those are all listed on our social media. Hop on over to Facebook and you can see them all there. Um, also, we have something new starting called small groups around here. Small groups are very important to our church, and they are going to begin on September 2nd. What is a small group? We are going to have some topical issues that we are going to get together and talk about and discuss. So there are sign-ups out at the Welcome Center. There are four different groups that are going to be available on Wednesday nights through the months of September and October. If you just head on out to the Welcome Center and sign up, we have to know how many people are going to be there because there is a cutoff which is beautiful, so get in, get out there as fast as you can, and sign up for small groups. And also, too, I got one more thing for you. This coming Wednesday, we are going to do a worship and prayer night. How many love to just spend a little time in the presence? Amen? You know, I can remember times where someone can pray for you, I can read the Word, I can fast and pray about something, but there are times in the presence of the Lord that he just touches you and does something that only he can do in that moment. Amen? I can remember so many specific times that I would just be in the presence of the Lord and be like, oh, that's gone. It's gone. It, it ain't there no more. It's beautiful. So I encourage you, come out this Wednesday night. We are going to have a time of worship and prayer and ministry time. We will pray with you. We are just going to be laying before the Lord and just let him do what only he can do. Amen? Amen. So if you would stand up on your feet this morning. Stand on up. Stand on up. 
Maybe find someone around you that you don't know and say, good morning. Are you ready to praise God with us this morning? Because up here on this platform, we get a little crazy. And we need, we need some help. We need some help praising the Lord this morning. Amen.
This is my worship, this is my offering, in every moment, I withhold nothing, I'm learning to trust you, even when I can't see and even in suffering, I have to say it's wrong then I'll sing if you say release I'm letting go if you're in it with me I'll be here when you say to jump I'm diving in if you say be still then I will wait if you say to trust I will obey I don't want to wander my own 
head like a burden But once I could grasp it You took me further Further than I was asking And simply to say you It's worth it all Release, I'm letting go. If you're in it with me, 
and I'll begin When you say to jump, I'm diving in If you say be still, then I will wait If you say to trust, I will obey You're the only truth in life i 
Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Come on, let's praise the Lord one more time. He's worthy. He deserves it. Come on, give him your best. Hallelujah. Give him your best. If anybody deserves your best, it's Jesus Christ. Come on, give him your best. Give him your best. Hallelujah. Woo, we serve a great God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Woo. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Woo. My God, my God. I was listening to those songs, spirit-led. I'm like, okay, yeah, I need to be that. And then Jesus paid it all. So if we're spirit-led people, and we are, amen, and we know that Jesus paid it all, right, then we shouldn't have any problem doing what he tells us to do. We shouldn't have any problem doing what, how can you refuse someone that has paid it all? Okay, let me, let me say it like this. Anybody got any debt in the house? You got debt, mortgage, credit cards, school loans, whatever, you know, uh, uh, car loans, and somebody comes in and says, I'm going to pay it all. I'm just saying that if it was a man, he'd have all kind of kisses from me, you know. I'm just, I'm just being honest, you know. And, and so how can you refuse that? You know, how can you refuse someone that's willing to pay it all? And Jesus did much more than just that monetary example I gave. He gave his life for us. So I'm here to talk about offering. Yeah. I think next time I do it, I'm going to say, I'm here to talk about offering and have the sound people go, dun, 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 you know. So in the book of 1 Samuel 15, verse 20, I hope there was no, there's no hard words in that. I should have read this verse, uh, but I'll do like pastor. I'll just substitute, you know. <laughs> uh, I'm going to read down to about verse 23, but in uh, verse 20, of 1 Samuel 15, it says, And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord, and have gone the way which the Lord sent me, and, brought, and have brought Agai, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the spoil sheep and ox, and the, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken than the fat of rams. Check this out. For rebellion, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. I don't want to be in a place where I reject God 
and then he rejects me. Now, the Bible says to obey is better than the sacrifice. It's better to obey. The, thank God we can repent. Amen. Thank God we can ask for forgiveness. But the Bible is saying it's better to obey God the first time around. So when it comes to giving, when it comes to tithing, when it comes to your money, if Jesus is your Lord, guess what? You're not in control of that. It's his. It's his. We just sang the song, Jesus paid it all, except when it comes to my money. That's not what we sang. We sang he paid it all. He gave his life. So what's your money? How can your money be more important than the will and the obedience of the Lord? Can we say amen to that? So listen, don't put yourself in a position where you get rejected. You, you, you cannot call him your Lord and then do what you want to do. So you say, well, I put money in the offering. Yeah, but do you put the tenth, a tithe? See, this is what Samuel said. God had told them, destroy everything. They said, well, we kept the good stuff. And, they, and he's tried to say, so I obey God. Some of it, We don't want to be in a position where we put money in the church and say, well, I obeyed you. And the Lord said, no, you didn't give what I told you to give. So we are not those kind of people, amen? We're going to give. We're going to sow. I challenge everybody. You know, we, we've been giving. We give to where it hurt. Don't come to my house. We give to where it hurt. I shock my wife. Honey, we just gave this amount. She, you know, she does that. <laughs> you know, I just figured it's the Holy Ghost. You know, but we're going to be people that walk by faith, amen? So let's be givers today. Let's, let's give into this church because this is good ground. This is a good investment, amen? We're all looking for good investments. This is a great investment. Yeah. Yeah. There's not a lot of pastors like the ones that we have. There's not a lot of churches like the one we have. Can we say amen to that? So let's obey God. Let me pray over your giving. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, there are people who regularly give. They're obedient to you all the time. And God, I just speak a harvest bigger than what they are anticipating. And God, there are people today that are going to obey you for the first time. God, I thank you. And I just ask that you just touch them in a way that surpasses all understanding. And Father, for those who are still making a decision, Father, I just speak encouragement over them right now. God, we just thank you for your faithfulness in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Bring your tithe unto the Lord.
morning, morning, family of faith. We are overcomers, hope dealers, chain breakers. We have victory in every situation. Amen? We are the people that God saved for such a time as this. There's nothing God can't do through us. Amen? Did you hear what I said? There's nothing God can't do through us in the name of Jesus. He needs you. He needs you to do His mighty work. He needs you to do what's in the Word. So how many of you have an invite card on your seat today? Okay, good. So what I'm asking you to do, uh, last week, Pastor, at the end of his message, um, just shared a little bit with you after sharing about four habits of things that he feels empowered by God to do at Only Believe. And the only way he could do it by, is by you mixing your faith with his. Faith encouraged to invite someone to your local church that they could hear about God and accept him as their personal savior. That's your and I's responsibility, right? In the beginning, I said that there's nothing that God can't do. Well, if you don't go and tell, they can't receive. He's not going to write it in the sky. He needs you and I to go do that. So that's what this is. We are creating an invite culture here at Only Believe. And I'm going to be honest with you. This is going to be one of those things that if this bothers you, then you're going to really be bothered by your local church. Because every week there's going to be something on your seat asking you to give it to somebody. And you're going to have to get real creative. Because let's be real, there's only so many people each one of us knows, right? Well, there's a gas pump. There's a waitress. There's a mailbox. Well, wait, that's a federal offense. Don't put it in a mailbox. Find a way to invite someone to church. And this card, we're just trying to make it easy for you. Just trying to make it easier so that it'll give you something in your hand. So mom and dad are not here today. They are at our Urbana campus. Dad is preaching over in Urbana today, putting down some faith and some doctrine over there tonight or today. Kylan has asked that the main house go over, I believe it's once every six to eight weeks, just to reinstill unity um, throughout the campuses. And we'll be doing the same thing with Kenton. Um, now that they're in their new building, there's a lot of changes and reorganization going on. Um, so that's where mom and dad are today. So I get the privilege of introducing you to the Next Steps program. So we know that over the last couple weeks, we've been going through some things. Um, last week, I'll be honest with you, dad um, is not really the structured person. So you got to take home the teacher's guide because there was no way that he was going to list all those items in order like I do. I'm a little more anal than he is, so I'm just letting you know that's where we are. But I'm going to review. So we are reestablishing vision, and we're writing it really plain so that you can run with the vision. All right? So the first week, when I was up here, we talked about what is and who is only believe. We went over how the church is governed. We went over the history. You learned the four points that we want you as a member of Only Believe to embrace. One, first and foremost, we need to know God. And I mean know God. Not I know him, but no, I know him. I eat dinner with him. I go to bed and talk to him. I know Jesus, right? And then number two, 
We are finding freedom. Now, the way we're doing that is because when we know Christ, our eyes are enlightened. Our heart eyes begin to see ourselves the way he sees us. We don't live through those filters of our past. We don't live through things that have happened to us, things that tried to identify us, mark us, make us who we are. We live past them and we're looking towards becoming what Christ says we are. And we find freedom for ourselves. And then so we can lead others into that freedom, right? Number three, we are going to divinely find out our spiritual purpose in this life. Two greatest days, the day you were born and the day you find out why you were born. Those are fulfillment. Those bring fulfillment to you and I. And a soul will wander and wander and wander through life until they identify, why am I here? And once we find out why we're here, now we have to make a difference with that purpose and that gifting. God made each one of us unique and different for a reason. But we have to share it and we have to make a difference with what we've been given. Now, last week we learned the statement of faith of only belief. You went home with a sheet that said, this is what your church believes. But then we went over four study habits. This is what they were. There were four habits that we shared with you last week. One being that we as a Christian need to understand that study and prayer is a part of our everyday life. If we don't study and pray, then how will we ever know God? Yes, we can come to church. Yes, we can be equipped in a church service. But if you never take it any further than that, then you're only going to be this deep. And when true trial and tribulation comes, if your pastor didn't preach on marriage on Sunday and your marriage is happening to go down on Tuesday, you might forget that what you needed was in a marriage seminar in a small group that I needed to be at and I haven't been maintaining my marriage. So we got to study and pray and have this communication with the Lord. Number two, we need fellowship with other believers. And trust me, I'm a number one person to say, oh, I'm really not a people person. I'm an introvert. I really don't need that. It doesn't matter what you think you need. God stated in the Bible exactly what you need. And in the power of friendships and fellowship, there's protection, there's encouragement, there's safety. There's this, this source that comes when you don't have the strength to fight that someone else raises up and begins to fight with you, right? Sometimes we're, we're not meant to do this life alone, not just with the Holy Spirit, but with fellow believers in the Lord. Number three was living a spirit-led life. Who can live this life without God leading them? Who wants to live this life without the Lord leading them? Amen? Jesus was our prime example. He lived a life that was led every single day. Prayer and study, fellowship with others, his disciples, whether we like it or not. And number three, he believed, believed in being spirit-led. Listen, he would say, no, 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 no. Don't tell anyone I just did that miracle. Why? Because what's going to happen is I'm going to start to get thronged by all these people and I'm going to get off point where the Lord told me to go. And he told me to get over to Macedonia. So shh. Don't tell them the miracle just happened. Number four, the last one was giving of ourselves. Now, there's a lot of things to that. There's time, talent, and treasure. 
God doesn't just want your money. If all you're going to do is throw money at the kingdom and not have fellowship with believers and not use your gifting to make a difference, he don't want your money. Did, did you hear me? He don't want your money. See, he wants this. He wants your heart. And where your treasure is is often where your heart follows, right? That's what the Bible says. But he wants your talent. He wants what he gifted you to do to be used in the body of Christ. He wants you to use your time. And when you come on Sunday, if that's the only time you have to give, he wants you to encourage others. He wants you to love others. He doesn't want you to come in and sit down in your seat and not move. He wants you to go serve one another, encourage and love and have fellowship one with another. Spark some stuff on. So that brings us to week three. Today, I got to be honest with you, I think you're going to have fun. It's going to be more of a lab than it is preaching. We're going to get through this in probably about 20, 25 minutes. And then we're going to do our lab today. And we are going to discover our purpose today. Someone say, discover our purpose. We believe and only believe it's not. We've said this for years. This is a place where everybody can come. You have a place and a purpose here at your church. So 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter the 18th verse through the 31st. That is all written on your first page. What I want to talk to you today is some of you are saying, Nicole, I keep hearing you say the body of Christ. The body of Christ. What does that mean? For those of you that do not know what that means, 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, describes it. And it says that pretty much God made us members. Everyone is distinctly different. Everyone. Some is an arm, some is an eye, some is a hair on the arm, some might be a leg, a foot, a toe. In other words, everyone has a different part to play in the body of Christ because we're all in him, right? The problem is, is that if everybody doesn't play their part, then the body doesn't work. So sometimes we look like this and then we... we Because I don't have any hands. I don't have any fingers. So think of what we look like in an incomplete state to the world whom Christ came to die for. See, we all have a part. And here's the deal. If we all had the same part, it says in Corinthians, that you shouldn't look at the eye and say, why are you not an arm? What, what do we serve an octagon? No, he's a body. He functions very distinctly. Everything ties in perfectly to who he is and what he is. This hand helps this hand. My hand will tie my shoes and never think twice. It doesn't say, I don't want to do that. I hate touching shoes. They're dirty. It does what it needs to do. My arm doesn't not like what it is. It embraces who it is. Has anyone ever had a body part talk back to them? Because I haven't. I'm just saying my body submits itself one to another. It works together and it functions the way God created it to. He uses that scenario so that you and I will function together in unity the way we're supposed to. So if we are the body of Christ, huh, it's obvious that we don't do what God asks us to do. Then we fall short. The church as a whole, falls short. 
Everyone has a special gifting. Every single one of you. Trust me. It says in Ephesians 4, 11, and 12 that he gave, and I'm going to paraphrase, he gave some apostles, prophets, preachers, teachers, evangelists. It's talking about the fivefold ministries, but he gave them to the church as gifts. Gifts. And that they would equip the local church. They would help you understand what you're made for, what your purpose is, and get you ready to go out into the world. That's what we're doing today. We are equipping you. We are getting you ready so that you can use the gifting. Listen to this. You ready? Because we want you to know your divine enablement. Do you know that you are enabled to do something divine? <laughs> and what you're saying, what does that mean? It means, number one, it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy to you. It may not be easy for me to do your divine enablement, but it is for you. Number, it's going to touch people. It's going to touch people when you do it. And number three, it's going to bring you fulfillment. It's going to bring you, oh, that felt so good to do that today. Why? Because God has divinely enabled you to do that part, not me. So as we look at these things today, I want you to realize, I want you to look at these three things as we go through this assessment or this profile that we're going to do today in a lab. I want you to think about these next three items that I'm going to say. And this is your page. You can open that up and start filling these down. And I think Andrew's got something to go along with it. But I want you to be thinking about this. Number one, my natural and spiritual giftings. And I'm going to add passions to that. And you say, why? Because in other words, you have eyes for something. There's something in you that when you see it, you move and respond to it. For example, I was talking to a couple ladies in the church the other day and I said, do you realize, Rose, that when you walk in a room and there's chairs in the room and there's a person in the corner crying, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to walk into that room, and if those chairs are not straight, orderly, and neat, I'm going to start straightening them. Do you want to know why? Because I have an administrative gift. I like things tidy. I like things organized. I like things to be functional, really functional. Now, there's some other people in the room that would only see the person crying in the corner and go straight to them. Oh, honey, what's wrong? Tell me your problems. And they'll sit there for three hours talking about their problem and ministering to them. Listen, that's huge. That's a mercy gift. You walked in a room and you saw what moved you. There's people out there right now that are looking at me saying, I wish she would shut up because I could do what she's doing better. You have a teacher's gift. You are meant to be a part of the fivefold ministry and you want to do it. Or you're just really prideful and you don't like my voice. The point is, we all have something different. So when you walk in a room, what do you see? What moves you? Because chances are, that's your natural and your spiritual gift is connected to that. All right? So number two, let's go on to my life experiences. Now, we believe that everyone in here, every single one of you, have learned something in your life on this earth that you can contribute to the church. Some of you are technical gurus. Guess what? You're for the media team. 
Some of you were drug addicted and alcohol bound. Guess what? People need to hear your story because that is a life experience that you no longer bear the weights and the chains from. They need to hear your journey and your testimony of how Christ brought you out. Your life experience is worth something. It's not that we get past our past and completely forget about it and never, ever, ever, ever use it. We use it for God's glory. Amen? So I know there's a lot of you out there that have life experience. You know, some of, listen, some of us, I haven't had that addiction. I haven't had that journey of hopelessness that a lot of you have faced. But there's a lot of them out there that are coming into the church that need to hear that state of hopelessness and brokenness. I was saved at age five. I don't know how much sin you could do at age five. I don't think I had done many bad things. So it's different. It's different. But your experience is necessary. So there's a little old lady I heard a story of. Her name was Thelma. And she came up to the pastor of her church after he was speaking about life experience in small groups and came up to his pastor and he said, Pastor, I got a problem with your message today. And he said, okay, Thelma, what is it? She said, you said that everybody's good at something. Well, that's not true. I'm not good at nothing. And he said, now, Thelma, everybody's got something they're good at. And she said, okay, I'm good at quilting. And she thought she had the pastor. She was trying to find something that she could just tell him, you're wrong. He said, well, Thelma, he said, I think you should start a small group on quilting. Well, pastor, nobody would come. Nobody wants to quilt. That's an old thing. And all these young kids, they don't want to do it. He said, Thelma, I think you need to start a small group and let's see what happens. He said, sure enough, 25 young girls showed up for a quilting small group and all of them sat around this big piece of fabric and guess what happened all them young girls started talking they got a problem in their marriage this one had a problem with their kids this one had been sick in her body so guess what Thelma had to do Thelma got a chance to pray for them encourage them raise them up teach them about their marriage because she had done all that before See, this is a part of where the younger gets to teach the, or the older gets to teach the younger. We need life experience. We don't know what's happened. We're, remember, we're in the mode of our life and we're younger. So you've been through things that we haven't been through. You've done things far greater and grander than we've ever done. It doesn't mean that we don't want to hear. We just don't know how to make the connection. Your life experience connects you with other people young, middle-aged, and old. Life experience crosses those boundaries, right? Number three, huh, your pain, your pain. Now listen, you cannot disqualify yourself from having a purpose and knowing that you are divinely purposed by God because of what you've done. Your pain matters. What you've been through in your life, not what you do, not where you work. Listen, God can use your pain. And I think specifically of Chris Richards. He's over divorce care, him and Kalinda Crawford. Both of them went through a divorce and they took their pain, what was meant to break them, and they turned it around and said, uh-uh, 
We're not going to remain broken in this place, but we're going to find freedom from our pain and we're going to lead others to freedom in their pain. We're going to help them and we're going to remind them that this pain just lasts for a little bit. God's going to get you through it. See, God, everything you've gone through in your life, it's not for naught. The only reason it doesn't work is if you don't work it. If you don't use it, if you bottle it up and hide it and tuck it away and make it a shameful thing. God doesn't make it a shameful thing. He's like, I brought you out. I brought you out from that place. Now where I brought you from, bring others with you. So don't disqualify yourself. You don't have to be perfect to be used by God. Now, design reveals your destiny. You need to write that down. You can write that down right after that little paragraph on pain. You write, design reveals my destiny. The best place to look for your purpose in life is to look at how you were designed. What do you like? What do you not like? What do you enjoy doing? What drives you nuts? Chances are you shouldn't be doing that because God didn't design you to do that. But oftentimes, because we're in the wrong place and we don't know what to do, we just want to do something when that's really not the right thing you're supposed to do. And chances are you're probably not doing it really well anyways. So why not do what God's destined you to do and designed? Now, I want to read this scripture because this is huge. It's Psalms 139, 13 through 14. And your paper says, For thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee. For I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. And that my soul knoweth right well. Now, I'm going to read another version. Quentin's Bible was laying on the counter, and he uses the NLT because I think he did a research in school and identified that if he was going to memorize scripture, it had the least amount of words per scripture. So he got through his Bible class real easy with that one. I'm just going to let you know. So, but this is what it says. I thought this really sewed it together. It said, you made all my delicate inner parts of my body, every vein, every blood cell, every muscle. You knit me together in my mother's room. In other words, you did the creative work. If you've ever seen knitting, it's very tedious. It's hole in hole, pull out, and line over another, right? Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. I think we all do really good until that last line. How well I know it. Do we really know what our design is? And do we really embrace what God made our strengths and our weaknesses to be? Or do all we do is gripe about the weaknesses? Come on, now I'm, I'm just being real with you. I'm a woman here, so we all know women. We have insecurities, right? Sometimes that are larger than, than, than the earth itself can hold. But all we do is look at the weakness in our life and not the beauty of what God made us. See, I was made like I'm made because I have a purpose and a destiny that God wants me to fulfill. And if I had all these talents in every single place, I would be misled and wouldn't be on point for my purpose and my focus and my design. 
you're like you are because God wants you to do something specific. Amen. Just accept it and run. Amen. You're so busy looking back wanting what sister so-and-so has. It doesn't matter that she has great hair. She's going to be that Carol uh, nice and easy model with her hair. Oh, who cares? You weren't meant to be a commercial girl with your hair looking shiny. You were meant to take the gospel to the world. You were meant to order the seats in church. You were meant to minister to the woman who was addicted and crying and was a prostitute selling herself behind a restaurant. That's who you are. And you're beautiful. That's what God made you. And men, you're so busy trying to be some business tycoon. God didn't make you like that. Quit trying to be something you're not. Just be who he's created you to be. You don't have to be all macho. Just in case you don't know, not all girls like macho men. We kind of like a guy that's in connection with his feminine side. Why? Because he cares a little differently. He nurtures a little bit differently. Embrace who you are. Because God thinks you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen? All right. Now, turn to page three. Look at that. Did you see how easy and painless that was? Okay, but I'm going to tell you, this is going to be pretty painful too. Okay, so this begins our lab work today. First of all, everybody get a pen. If you don't have one, you got to get one. If you don't have one, ushers, start running the aisles, giving them to them. Okay, now I've already pre-taken this test. Okay, so I knew what you would feel like. So is a lot of our staff. Some of the dream team leaders have, which is just another fancy smancy word for our volunteers around here. Some of our leaders have taken it, but we are a team around here and we believe in working together. So the first thing, this is the most important part. I need you to put your name on every single page and you're gonna think I'm crazy. But listen, I'm telling you, a staple's gonna grab another staple and then I'm, we're gonna grade these and we're gonna say, or add up the numbers, and we're gonna say, oh no, you're this and that, and really that was someone else's test hooked with you and you're really not gonna know your purpose. So put your name on every single page. I feel like I'm in kindergarten. So I'll tell you a story while you're doing that. Quentin got in trouble for not putting his name on his paper in, in school, and they would always take off five points. So he bought notebooks, and for literally 30 minutes, he sat down and wrote his name on every single page in the entire notebook. So he would never turn in another paper without his name. That's kind of what we're doing today. We're putting our name on every single sheet. Okay, so the top sheet is where we're going to add up everything, okay? So you can turn that over. Four, five, six, and seven, and eight are descriptions of most personality types. Now I'm gonna tell you, this is simply a profile. It's an assessment, it's not going to be perfect, and it's only as accurate as the information you give it, okay? Now hear me out here, because I'm gonna tell you what my struggle was. We're gonna do a couple of these together. However, on this test, it's necessary, I shouldn't say test, it's an assessment, because there's no right or wrong answer, unless you're not being truthful with yourself. That was my struggle. So, each one of us has people in our lives that tell us what they think we are. I think you're this, I think you're that. You know what, you, oh, well people like you, you just pray all the time. 
Listen, you can't take this test based off what people tell you you are, number one. Number two, you can't take this test based off of what you want to be. Do not lie. When it came to a question on here, um, I enjoy sharing the gospel with other people, groups, and nationalities. You have to answer almost never, sometimes, or almost always. That's your only choice, one, two, or three. You can't want to share the gospel because of the message I just gave you and the last week and the week before and because we're creating an invite culture and then say almost always because that's not true. You have to put down who you are today. Be honest with yourself or you're never going to know the design that God made you to create a certain purpose. All right? So you're going to have to be honest with yourself. Okay, if Ashley, I'll use her as an example. She was like, how many, there was a question on here like, how many hours do you spend praying for people a day? She's like, three, Mm. yeah, one, almost never. And she said, I had to be honest with myself because I wanted to be praying more. But the fact of the matter is, is I don't. So you got to be honest with the profile, okay? So let's start with number one. Now, some of you, if you want to tear it apart, you can. Sometimes it's going to be hard to flip back and forth, but that's why I put your name on it on purpose, okay? So you're going to be on page 9 and 11. Trish, you got 9? No. Okay, take mine. Here. We have one seven. What? Yeah, that's all we have. Yeah, this is confusing. One through seven, that's all I have here. Here, mine. 1B and 2B. 1B and 2B. Okay, 1B and 2B. Thank you, Shane. One, well, I must not have got that copy. 1B and 2B is where you're starting today. Okay, so take 1B if you need to tear them apart because you need to look at these questions and then answer on 2B. You, here, take mine. 3B. Here, what's this? Okay, gotcha. You use that one. You'll love it. You've probably taken this before, Dreams. I think. You and I like these assessments. Okay, is there anyone that needs an assessment that says, I do not have one? Okay, we've got a hand over here. One over here. Kristen needs one. One back over here. Thank you. Chuck's got those. Listen, get aggressive if you don't have one. Thank you. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you. You're beautiful. Now I've got the right one. Okay, so on 1B... Hey, family of faith. So right now in-house, we are taking a spiritual gifts assessment. And if you're not here today, and then you're going to go to this one, 3B, okay? You're going to need these two together. 1B and 3B. Got them? Hey, family of faith. So right now in-house, we are taking a spiritual giftings assessment. And if you're not here today, don't worry. We have plenty more copies here at the church. The next time you're in, just stop it at the Welcome Center and get one. And we would love to have you take that. So thanks for joining us. We will see you Wednesday night right here, same place, at 7 p.m. Thank you, family.